0: Mr. Phillips, is that the only tune you know?
1: I don't know this one. That's why I keep practicing. Mr. Phillips, is there any way of getting you to stop that? Yeah, it's up for a drink. He don't get no beer, does he? Neither do you, unless you promise
0: not to play that harp. Hi, I'm Alon Altman.
1: And I'm Dave Juskow.
0: And this is Billy Joel A to Z.
2: Hey, I'll take a look on around tonight and find where my baby is going to be. Hey, Lord, would you look out for her tonight, cause she is far across the sea. Hey, Lord, would you look out for her tonight, and make sure that she's gonna be alright, and things are gonna be alright with me. Hey, Lord, would you look out for her tonight, and make sure that all her dreams are sweet. Send now, would you guide her along the roads, and make them soft for her feet. Hey, Lord, would you look out her tonight to make sure that she's going to be all right until she's home and here
1: with me. Greetings, all, and welcome to the Billy Joel A to Z podcast, where we go through every song in the Billy Joel catalog and then some hey, Lord, up... in alphabetical order. Today, we come across a most interesting song entitled Travel and Prayer. Travel and Prayer, surprisingly, kicks off Billy's second album you may have heard of entitled Piano Man. And Travel in Prayer is the song you heard on the album just before you got lost in the song that made him a living legend, Piano Man. Travel in Prayer was released on August 17th, 1974. Yes, you heard me right. Released as a single. Who knew? It entered the charts at 87 and went all the way up to, well, 77 nice uh, yes on august 31st 1974 and then nose dived off the charts because alan at that time good luck beating paul anka who was number one wait what? <laughs> i'm not kidding somehow paul anka was number one some song called you're having my baby
0: you don't know that song i know that song really yeah
1: it's not the George Michael one. And then you tell me that you're having my baby. I'll tell you that I'm happy if you want me to, because that would be good. Then I could make a case for that. But no, I don't no, know it.
0: No, it's different. I always thought it was called "She's Having My Baby."
1: No, it's called "You're." No, I think that's a Kevin Bacon movie.
0: Oh, well, that's why I get that confused. You know, we've talked about this on some other episode, also. But yes, I do know the song "You're Having My Baby." I think my dad sings it sometimes. It's one of those. Meanwhile. Weird
1: things. Donnie and Marie laughed at him as somehow their song was at number five because 1974
0: can suck it in music, apparently. What the fuck? And those are the only two things that kept Billy Joel out of the top 76 spots. That's right. We would have heard of him a lot
1: sooner if not for Donnie and Marie and Paul Anka, you rotten son of a... who, <laughs> Anywho, whose ever idea this was to release anything containing a Jew's harp as a hit was probably <laughs> Wait, <Erase>. what's that
0: <laughs> uh, Jews harp is that what they call the harmonica
1: no 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 that's the uh here I have it I have a, I have it with me now this is the you see it that
0: thing is called a Jews harp yeah and it's and and holding it, you know, it looks like a, a it, it looks like a roller skate key
1: it does but this is it could be called it's called it for real called a jews harp j e w s it's also called the juice harp because they misunderstand the word it's also called a mouth harp it's got many names but i swear to god it is actually called the jews harp <laughs> i don't think they put this on the package uh, they don't put jews they call it some a mouth trombone a mouth trumpet it has many different names but this is this is the this is what i'm holding up to you the little skate key is the salt, the instrument we hear at the end of travel and prayer
0: oh yeah and i was gonna say that's like my least favorite part of the whole song
1: right this is because anybody can play it
0: it's stupid it's like a kazoo yeah i've I've had one for years springy noise
1: yeah this is it i'm just not playing it well into the mic i'm not i can't i never know whether to hold it in my teeth or not
0: i'm surprised it needs the the mouth i feel like you could just do it with the hands only
1: no, 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 you have to put it in your mouth. Anyway, yeah, so <laughs> how you are expecting? This will be the hit with the, the Jews' harp on it, whatever. And uh, anyway, that could have a lot to do with the song appearing nowhere else in any of the Billy Joel compilations or live recordings. Ironically, though, and it is ironic, you already know this, Dolly Parton covered this song in 2000. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the year 2000. I mean, that's insane. And she got nominated for a Grammy for Best Female Country Vocal Performance for this song. This song that was released in 1974, this could have been shameless all over again, except this is a country song already. It didn't need to be changed. Also, with this song, there is a full extra minute if you're listening to the album version rather than the single, because guess what, Alan? They cut it down to 303. Nice. Meaning they missed it by that much.
0: They <laughs> were so close. They, well, that's this, nice, though. For the single version, they cut out the Jews' harp, I guess. Is that true? Well, I'm, it must be, because that the album version has like that really long outro after the song fades out, which is when you really hear that stupid noise.
1: Right. We'll have to get a hold of the single version, see if that's the case. However, this song, which was released as a single, cut down to 303. It's possible this is the song he was talking about when he made The Entertainer, since that's the next album.
0: Yeah, wouldn't that be weird? if he still was thinking that this is the reason the song wasn't successful because they didn't let the people (laughs) hear the full amount of it. (laughs) Right.
1: And, you know, probably they cut it down to 303, but 305 sounded better as a lyric. Yeah. So, but uh, this is the song they released unless Piano Man was cut down to 305, which I don't think it was, but this is it. This is the one. This is the one. I'm positive that he said, (laughs) well, screw
0: that. They didn't like traveling prayer. They ain't going to like nothing. This is a great question. If we ever get him on the podcast, we have to ask him about this.
1: Yep, you're right. Here's another one we need to ask him. All right, let's go to the rankings. Christopher Bonanos in 2015 ranked all 121 Billy Joel songs. Alan Altman, where does he place Travel and Prayer? 46. Nope,
0: 65. <laughs> all told, I wasn't that far away. I gotta say.
1: No, another one that feels like he's on weird, unfamiliar turf, but taken as a product of the early '70s, it's not bad at all. Fast piano, banjo, even a jaw harp. See, he called it a jaw harp. It could also be called that. That
0: sounds better. I feel like there was a typo when you called it a Jew nope,
1: harp. No, no, no! I swear to God, it is also referred to as a Jew's harp, and I did that for the comedy version of the show. The false <laughs> ending is a little cheap. A charming if dated song. Glenn Gamboa, however, ranks it at 94. He does not care for this song at all. And the fans rank it at 103. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's kind of tough because for Billy Joel fans, we're mostly, I'm speaking for all of us now, we're not generally country music fans or bluegrass fans, but I wouldn't put it that low. I feel like this is a fun song, man. It's kind of, it gets you going here. I like seeing Billy play something fast, and this is one of his fast songs.
1: I didn't even when I first heard the song, I didn't even realize this was so fast until I saw that video from the Midnight Special. And that is the fastest thing I'd ever (laughs) seen until I saw the German version, which I think is even faster.
0: Right. (laughs) right. I have my notes for the Midnight Special one even faster than the studio version. It's crazy because the studio version feels so fast and they they sped through it.
1: Oh, my God. It's so fast. I'm not sure of the reason whether he had to cut it down to 305. But it's still long.
0: He cuts it. He makes it faster and it still takes like four and a half minutes. Yeah.
1: And I mean, it's so fast, but I loved it. And you see that guy playing the banjo was amazing to watch him place so fast and seeming seeming seamlessly, right?
0: Yeah. It's funny when you watch a guy play banjo like that guy and you can tell because you hear the sound that it's playing fast, but you see his hands and it's barely moving. Exactly, it's like, all, it's like all the tips of the finger, but not the actual palm doesn't ever it, move.
1: It was fascinating. And the sax players having trouble keeping up mostly because he's out of shape, I think. But it's really funny that you can see he's struggling playing the sax that fast, he's probably telling the sax is not meant to be played that fast.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> it's 75. <laughs> <laughs> hey, lovely, look how I that, it gets
1: ruffled
2: all the way. So now a song seems strange it's just because I don't know how to breathe. Oh, would not you give her a piece of mind if you ever find the time that rhyme is real?
0: No, that 75 wait, performance, that sax player is like some other guy. That's not that's not um, Richie Cannata yet. That's what so, I'm saying. It's it's a yes, different he,
1: guy who, who probably got kicked out of the band after. Look, if you can't keep up, I'll find somebody who can.
0: Right, and then you get to the 78 German TV one, and there's Stegma, uh There's a Cannata, and he's doing great. Like he's because there was no banjo player, so it had to be like an interplay between the piano and the saxophone on a country song, which is so it's weird.
1: Funny when the band can't keep up. Um, the only thing I I remember. When I had my little band for a period of time, I wanted to play this song really fast and was really into it. And the drummer was just like, "I can't play that fast. I'm sorry." Because that drummer, David Tell? No, it wasn't David Tell. But I think he was a doctor, so technically that wasn't his real profession. And when you think about the reason I bring it up is when you think about drummers like Dave Grohl or or uh, who's the or who's who's the guy from Metallica, uh, Lance Lars Lars, right? Something. I mean, those guys that can play like that, that is a a gift. I mean, it's insane, and a lot of people can't do it like that, and it's mostly memory muscle that does it, and if you're not ready for it like that sax player in the Midnight Special, then you're going to get left behind. You got to get on the change train, or you're going to be derailed.
0: I don't know what that's from. (laughs) The change train sounds like a terrible terrible tv show that had that line and somehow you remember it
1: oh yes season six everything. of
0: mcmillan and son Shut up! <laughs> how dare you speak to me that way even though you're
1: completely correct <laughs> season six and <of> fuck you <laughs>
0: but yes that's where i got it from the rest of the band sounds really good on those besides that sax guy i thought like doug stegmeyer's bass line in that 75 one is great like you notice oh, yeah. it a lot more than whoever played bass in the studio recording. Like he really is oh, yeah. doing great stuff.
1: Yeah, that bass line is fantastic, too. It's a real fun song. I just uh, don't really understand its place in the world or anything. I mean, I understand what it's for. I mean, I kind of like the whole backstory that he apparently was sending out a prayer to somebody, I guess, who was traveling. Oh, my cat's here. I'm sorry uh you see that's highly irregular (laughs) you have a cat now what's going on yeah don't worry about it (laughs) you don't (laughs) have a cat who is this this is a weirdo don't don't play with that we're recording don't chew on the cape (laughs) sorry sorry about that I like, so this song was made for this uh, somebody he knew that was traveling, I guess, abroad or wherever, and he was sending out a prayer. You know, travel safe, and you know, look, and I, I guess, look out for her tonight. Well, I guess now we know it was a girl. Why wouldn't it be a girl who writes about? A well, boy? you
0: said it. it was someone yeah. who was abroad. Hey, <laughs> 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 that's my
1: favorite gag that nobody finds funny anymore. But yeah, it's like uh, I, I'm surprised it's not called "Look Out for Her Tonight."
0: Because you could call it that too. He certainly says it a lot in this song. He certainly you know, I, does. I count it up all the time. He says, Lord, there's 10 Lords. Really?
1: Yeah. Do you like the song, Alon?
0: Yeah, I do. Because I, I like, I don't know. I like when Billy Joel goes country. I don't really listen to country music at all. But if Billy Joel does it, I can stand it. So I think that's pretty cool. Lyrically, I think it's difficult because it feels like every line has too many words for like how yeah. long the line should be. And when you hear some of the cover versions, like even Dolly Parton's version or that guy Earl Scruggs. Right. It sounds like they struggle to get all the words out.
1: That's true. But how about that? Dolly Parton covering this, making it I mean, it makes so much sense for a country singer to cover this song. And it became a real big hit for her in ninety nine, two thousand and then brought her to the Grammys in 2001. But it makes perfect sense. And it's
0: it's very good. You know, it makes sense hearing it from her. It gives great validation to Billy Joel as a songwriter that he's the guy who can just dabble in bluegrass music for like one time ever. And it's good enough that like some really great uh, artists from that kind of genre are willing to record it.
1: Yeah. Meanwhile, he got the actual guy. And I don't know how you do this coming from Cold Spring Harbor and you haven't put out Piano Man yet. So you're really unknown. You you had a small inkling of a hit with one, one song off Cold Spring Harbor. Was that she's got away, or the or the other one? Yeah, I she's got up. away.
0: I guess would be the right, closest to right, a hit. Right,
1: right. So you got nobody, and yet they got the guy who wrote "Dueling Banjos," the most legendary, most popular banjo song ever recorded for the movie Deliverance, and they got that guy to play the banjo on this track. And I'm yeah. not saying that guy would be hard to get, but he did just come off a hit. And banjo players don't usually become popular, and yet his album, the Deliverance soundtrack, was a hit. The album was a hit. And then they got this guy to record, and they're like, well, who the hell is Billy? All right, I'll do it.
0: I mean, he's just a studio musician. So, I I mean, there's probably like a standard rate for guys like that. And, you know, it's like when Uh, someone sees a comedian on a Comedy Central thing and you assume that person must be a millionaire because they were on TV. It's
1: that's a good point. But I'm just saying it is Eric Weisberg, which is from
0: Brooklyn, New York.
1: That's the funniest part that he's, you know, part of this banjo backwards world. (laughs) Well, maybe that's one of the reasons he's like, well, here's another guy from New York? Maybe that's one of the reasons. But you figure at that time i mean that's the weird part you do get a lot of offers once you make a hit out I'm like people are rethinking maybe i should put banjo in this song because banjo's big now you know so maybe he was getting a lot of offers it's funny that he really only billy joe called on this song maybe that's even why they decided to release it no we got the guy who did dueling banjos oh he's I mean, good Dueling banjos was a big was a hit song in the 70s does make sense it but then what, what is it he got the roy rogers band
0: yeah i guess they were from they worked the fried chicken place <laughs> Yeah, he, so,
1: he walked I'm, into roy rogers fried chicken he's like does anyone play the drums
0: and they all raised their hand <laughs> it's crazy oh, so yeah. we thought
1: you meant drumsticks and again <laughs> hey oh i just don't understand this this is confusing me between this and street life serenade like I feel like if we combined those albums and took something like this put it on street life serenade made street Life serenade the true country western album but this one on there took the entertainer put it back on piano med you know I think we could actually structure the albums correctly
0: yeah it's funny because he was so eclectic back then it was all over the place like all the way through turns actually I mean I don't know maybe his whole career basically but like you just take a look at this album and you got the, the song Piano Man in between a country bluegrass song and then Eight No Crime, which is a gospel song. Yeah, right. Like, we all think of Piano Man, like, that's such a classic Billy Joel thing that is his iconic sound. And, like, you realize that at that same exact time, he was doing all these weird things.
1: That's so funny that you say you're absolutely right. And the, the way I'm thinking it right now, this is what made him great, is that you're right. The key word is he was all over the place. And then in 1977, he completely figured it out. And it's a it's amazing the progression, you know, then he made an album like, no, this is this now I'm taking all that was all over the place. And I'm sticking to this one thing, you know, one album will be this and one album be that. Yeah. And and wow. Talk about really, you know, there's no way Billy Joel could have made a a perfect first album. He, He needed to have the process.
0: Yeah, it took him a while. And actually, I was watching the video from the 1972 Illinois TV performance. Did you see that? Yeah,
1: Yeah, I did. Isn't that that's fast, too, right?
0: Yeah, that's really fast. Good version. Again, there's no banjo. There's no fiddle or whatever, but like it still holds up pretty good. The band does a good job with it. But right after that, the announcer on that TV program describes Billy Joel and he calls him like uh, something like, an overnight success that took many years to make. <laughs> yeah. Even at that stage, when we now, we know looking back on it, he was not a success at that point in time, but they were still saying, uh-huh. man, this guy's been working hard for many years just to get to this point to be doing this public TV show in Illinois.
1: Yeah. 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 I saw that. That was really interesting too. You're absolutely right. Did you uh, hear the demo of this song?
0: Yeah. I heard of the demo.
1: It's really, his voice is so weird in it. It's very confusing. The song is pretty much similar, but his voice
0: is weird. Yeah, what is it about the voice? I noticed that, too. It's deeper,
1: not as high as, you know, the beautiful as it normally is. I don't know. It's very
0: strange. He was probably doing an impression of somebody, like someone who he thought a country singer would be. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I could see that. He does do that a lot. Hey,
2: love, would you look out for her tonight? Because she is far across the sea. Hey, love, would you look out for her tonight and make sure that she's gonna be all right and things are gonna be all right with me? Mm-hmm. Hey, love, would you look out for her tonight and make sure that all her dreams are sweet? Hey, love, would you guide her along the roads and make them soft for her feet? Hey, love, would you look out for her tonight and make sure that she's gonna be all right until she's home and here
1: with me? But yeah, I don't even know how he keeps up with the lyrics when he's playing when he, he's playing that fast. But he really just would show off how fast he could play on so many songs. And, you know, like he does this one. He's like, well, I'm going to show everybody what I can do. And then, of course, he needs to do it again on. I don't, I don't know what is there something on Street Life Serenade that we're missing? That's really fast. Oh, root, root beer rag. Right. Root beer rag. And then, of course, on turnstiles. And it's just so funny. He just like, no, I got I can go faster. I, I can go I can go bigger.
0: Yeah. And then he learned, like, I can just take it at a right. Everyone knows I'm good. We can just do songs at a normal pace from now on. Right.
1: Now let's just relax because, you know, I'm going to get older Not going to be able to play these anymore. I'm going
0: to have a weird motorcycle accident where I break both my hands. Right. I'm going to do one more like
1: that. It's called Running on Ice and everyone's going (laughs) to love it. (laughs) Universally loved. (laughs) Then I'm just going to do ones where I can just sit at the mic and sing it. It's called We Didn't Start the Fire. I'm just going to, you know, read off, uh, you know, people's names. I'm going to get very lazy. Yeah. spend some time in the library.
0: (laughs) Just going to go to some war memorial and read all the dead people's names. And that'll do.
1: That'll work, too. You know, another one was that uh, one of the guys said that this was he sees it as being influenced by a traditional Irish blessing for an easy return home. Wasn't the last episode we did some sort of Irish blessing as well? Was it the last one or the one before that, that we just did one where it was an Irish?
0: Yeah, Diddy let me uh, was, it?
1: was it. Tomorrow is today or through the long night through the long night. Right. And that was wait, did we do that one yet? Yeah. Yes,
0: yeah, so that was the one yeah. that sounds very like a, like a Paul McCartney Beals kind of tune. And, yeah. Yeah. It feels funny. like an Irish folk song.
1: Yeah. And here we are again where somebody mentions this sounds like an Irish Song two, it's kind of I wonder if he knew that this is a reviewer saying that. So I don't know whether Billy intended that or not, but it is kind of interesting that he does seem to have that in his mind. Some of these these Irish blessings or songs or safe travel songs.
0: Yeah, I guess he had like the general idea of it, but he did say like he doesn't really know how to like what prayers are or what this kind of prayer would be. So he kind of just made it up. And that's even in the lyrics of the song where he says, if this song seems strange, it's just because I don't know how to pray.
1: Yeah, and I was wondering why he mentioned Patrick Ewing in it.
0: <laughs> You're <laughs> something, welcome. Like something, I'll get back to this later. <laughs>
1: That's a call back to your parodies. Thank you for listening. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, it's my favorite lyric of all time.
0: So we've been lucky to have a few of these videos that we could see from the 70s of him playing this song live. And when you look at the live stats, he's actually played this song a lot in that era. It was played 50 times total, which is the 56th most played song. But after 1979, he never played it until one time in 2009.
1: Wow. Well, that makes sense, I suppose, because they released it as a hit and it made it on the charts. So I guess I mean, besides the fact that he might like it, other than that, how would you not play it if you're doing a tour of even The Stranger and say, well, here's the only other song you know before The Stranger besides Piano Man? It makes sense yeah. for me to play this He's like, well, you.
0: we we sold 4,000 of this one. So, I guess <laughs> yeah, maybe one of you is out there tonight. I think the band likes playing this. Like when you watch the 78 performance, like Billy's making funny faces to the band. They're all laughing and like, I think it's enjoyable. So that's why you put it to the set.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. A, it is a, a fun song. I, I think I would enjoy hearing this in a concert. I think I'd enjoy it very much.
0: Well, I don't know if it's going to happen again, because in the 2009 one, which we have video from from the audience. Billy Joel says his classic line before he starts. If it doesn't work out tonight, we're going to take it out back and shoot it.
1: Oh, this is the one he said that about?
0: Well, I think he says that about a lot. That's like oh, his go-to. I've then definitely he says, heard say that before. Uh, which is kind of funny. He goes, this is from 1974. The album was called Piano Man. Then the crowd starts cheering a lot. And he goes, yeah, but it ain't that song. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, actually, halfway through, if you don't like it, this is a good time to go to the bathroom.
1: Oh, that's so funny. Uh, That's so it's funny. He got he's so nervous that his his fans are going to turn on him at any second. It's funny to be this age and still feel that way. I mean, this age and this accomplished and still feel like his fans are just going to absolutely not come back anymore because he played travel and prayer one time. Yeah, they're like,
0: wait a second. This guy's not as good as I thought he was.
1: (laughs) I want my money back, too. I'm telling everyone. Billy, the concert for next month has been canceled. Uh, what uh, you're canceled here at the hotel? No, no, uh, that's from Spinal Tap. Uh, it's just a Boston gig. I wouldn't worry about it. It's not a big college town. <laughs> or Billy.
0: Well, Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a stumper for me? I've got one for you, Alon. It's an
1: audio trivia question. <laughs> Those are our favorite ones. Yeah. All right, Alon, you have to guess who is playing the Jew's harp <laughs> in this song.
2: E I is also used in special words that merit careful study. E before I after
0: C, Caesar, Cesar, C she bokeh. we're either neither, Cody, Kathy, Siege.
2: However, is spelled I E. Otherwise, use I E in thief, believe, fee, niece, feel, brief, grief, cashier, achieve, yield.
1: Well, it's the worst song ever. But if you could tell me, who was playing the juice harp?
0: During that performance, I can't believe you actually expect that I could even come up with a guess for this thing, but I will. I'm just going to guess it was Billy Joel.
1: Mm. No, the answer is Snoopy.
0: (laughs) That's not real. He's not a real person. Snoopy the dog
1: is playing it in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Snoopy plays the Jew's harp the entire movie, (laughs) and it makes no sense. The sound isn't, like at least in Travel and Prayer, when they're playing this mouthpiece of whatever, I still enjoy calling it the choose heart, but if it's bothering anybody else, change the name, but at least there's a rhythm to it. Boing, 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 right? There's a rhythm to it. In this, you're a good man, Charlie Brown. I don't know what the fuck was going on. That song, by the way, stinks. And it's called I before E. I mean, this movie is all bad. This is when Charlie Brown goes to the spelling bee. It's a legendary movie. I haven't seen the, the word that he loses on his beagle. And that's, that's what his dog is. Exactly, and, he's, and Snoopy's there at the contest. He's jumping up and down. Is he pointing at himself? Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's legendary. And, of course, but Charlie Brown's the ultimate loser.
2: The word is beagle? Oh, boy, that's an easy one. That's his dog. He'll get that one easy. Charlie Brown's at the threshold of being the champion speller. Beagle. Beagle. Yay! yeah. yeah. E E A G E L Beagle.
1: So uh, spoiler alert, everybody, believe me, I'm not, I didn't ruin anything for you. That movie sucks. In this movie, they have this song where he's practicing and Snoopy for some reason is playing the, the harp. And then when they're on the bus away from it, he's playing the harp again. And it's just not a good musical. He's just going, boing, the way I was doing it. I mean, it's just not
0: musically good it's good for a kid's thing because it's a funny noise like you said it's like a kazoo kind of thing where that's fun to do if you're a kid but like to put it into this song at the end it was so distracting and weird yep exactly and
1: i agree you're, you're exactly right that's interesting also one other the thing you know they use this or they say they use uh this jews harp in a fool on the hill the paul mccartney song but i don't i only hear a kazoo not a jews harp and if they're using a jews harp and a kazoo what the hell is that guy thinking (laughs) you don't need that many comical instruments in a really terrific legendary sad song
0: yeah i can picture the part there's that musical break where it gets a little funky
1: yeah exactly but i don't hear the jews harp i only hear a kazoo unless somebody's playing it extremely well
0: if anyone could figure out how to use a Jew's harp correctly, you'd think it would be like George Martin in the studio there with the Beatles somehow found the greatest player in the world to come in and lay down a cool Jew harp track.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know one of the other songs that's legendary that has it and you just don't remember? What song? I, I, I'm asking you to just make sure this isn't your trivia question or something. It isn't. So, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Who. Come together with the band. I think it's called that? Join together joined together with the band. Yeah, oh yeah, okay. It opens with the Jews' harp.
0: It's more successful there than here. More
1: successful. Exactly. No, yeah. it makes a heck of a lot of sense there. It works. It's melodic. But this this uh, Snoopy one was just awful. Meanwhile, I bring it up also because when you buy one of these that I'm holding up on the screen, which nobody will be able to see, if you buy one, like if you get one on Amazon, Snoopy's on the cover. They sell it as a yeah. Peanuts product. Uh-huh. So it's a Snoopy comes home or you're a good man. Charlie Brown Jew's harp and that's what comes in the box with a picture of snoopy on the cover
0: that's how you know you bought a good one that's right that's the quality one yeah (laughs) a lot all that
1: being said do you have a trivia question for me
0: yeah i do my mine is related to eric weisberg the banjo player yes okay eric weisberg Before he did the dueling banjos thing, played banjo with a guy named Marshall Brickman. They recorded a lot of stuff in the 60s. What movie, Oscar winning movie, did Marshall Brickman co-write? Annie Hall. Correct. Yeah, well, I know
1: his name anyway. I just didn't know he was a musician.
0: He had a banjo past.
1: Wow, that's
0: weird. I think what it was, I noticed in his bio that he would do some comedic Stuff in the early '60s, so I bet he did like funny songs. Was probably playing in in you know the West Village in Greenwich Village with Woody Allen performing at these places. Oh, and maybe they became pals.
1: Because I was going to say, how does a guy who play you said he plays banjo, Marshall Berkman, Bick- right?
0: Yeah, he's also a banjo player.
1: How can a guy who plays banjo write the quintessential Jewish New York uh, <laughs> movie of all time, the greatest <laughs> Jewish New York? angst anxiety ridden movie of all time
0: <laughs> well i think he's another jew yeah i know why is it's he funny playing him, banjo? him and weisberg are like these two banjo players oh, you think right. be some, the two anomalies some southern guys and it's like <laughs> weisberg and brickman
1: <laughs> wow that's pretty cool yes no of course i know he did annie hall it's a miracle that movie is a miracle and yeah and when they out they work together again but i don't think he ever helped would he write anything else that's the only one i think he had help on was annie hall
0: I was surprised to even see this when I was looking it up cuz I always assumed that was just Woody Allen.
1: Well, Alan, it's time for our weird Alan parody and I hope you are coffee up and wide awake cuz this one's going to go quick.
0: Oh yeah. I'm giving you two fast-paced verses. My weird Alan parody today is called Comedy Seller. Hey. Nice. This
1: is going to be like a wrap, I assume. uh, Yeah,
0: I'm I'm turning my baseball cap backwards. You guys can't (laughs) see it, but I'm doing the Billy Joel doing Big Shot in 1991. All right. Hey, Lord, take a look at the lineup tonight and see if I am on the show. Hey, Lord, I said I was free tonight, but my name is missing, don't you know? Well, I guess I won't perform tonight, but I know it's going to be all right because there's always tomorrow. Hey, Lord, I got the call tonight. Another comic got the flu. I'm hopping on the train so I can come tell jokes to you. Oh, this night was so much fun. And after I am done, I guess I'll send that guy some soup. Hey, now.
1: Eh, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I again, I, at the first part, I would forgotten how it goes anyway. I thought it would go longer, but I guess they are verses.
0: Yeah, the whole song's just verses. There's there's no chorus Mm -hmm. in the song, right?
1: I guess I wanted it to just, I I wanted you to go free flowing rap and just, it just continues and continues. And I wanted it to be like, We didn't start the fire is what I wanted. That's what I wanted. But I know that's not the song. What are you going to do? I can't wait for Alon's parody if We didn't start the fire. That's
0: coming up. I should, I should start working on it soon because that's going to take a while. You would be an idiot if you didn't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, You would be a
0: genuine idiot.
1: I'm only putting this together so I can play it back when you don't do it.
0: Yeah, when (laughs) I write it like 30 minutes before time, like this one. Well, folks, that was Traveling Prayer. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Did you know there are so many Jewish banjo players? Who oh, no. knew? Is Jews' harp an offensive instrument name? Eh, probably. <laughs> do you believe this was released as a single? Nope. And what do you think of Dave's theory that this is the song referred to in The Entertainer? It's a theory. That's what it is. Until next time, I'm Alon Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. And I'll take a look on around and I'll follow my...